Well, amen. It, it feels, I feel like there's a lot of joy in this house today. There's a lot of anticipation and expectation. And like Pastor said, even when things are not going well in the world, we have people willing to step up and serve God. That is awesome and amazing. And today we're going to talk about another servant that stepped up to serve God even when things didn't look so well. Our readings are for from today are from Genesis chapter 40 and chapter 41. And these scriptures entail part of the story of Joseph, but I've just picked out two chunks that we'll be talking about today. So Genesis chapter 40, verses one through eight. Joseph now has been in prison for some time and Pharaoh has put his cupbearer and the chief baker in prison and they meet Joseph. Sometime later, the king of Egypt's wine steward and his chief baker offended the king. He was angry with these two officials and put them in prison in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same place where Joseph was being kept. They spent a long time in prison and the captain assigned Joseph as their servant. One night there in prison, the wine steward and the chief baker each had a dream and the dreams had different meanings. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were upset. He asked them, why do you look so worried? They answered, each of us had a dream and there was no one here to explain what the dreams mean. It is God who gives the ability to interpret dreams, Joseph said. Tell me your dreams. And then in Genesis chapter 41, verses nine through 16, now we come to the part of the story where the cupbearer remembers Joseph when Pharaoh has a dream that cannot be interpreted. Then the wine steward said to the king, I must confess today that I have done wrong. You were angry with the chief baker and me, and you put us in prison in the house of the captain of the guard. One night, each of us had a dream, and the dreams had different meanings. A young Hebrew was there with us, a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams and he interpreted them for us. Things turned out just as he said. You restored me to my position, but you executed the baker. The king sent for Joseph and he was immediately brought from the prison. After he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came into the king's presence. The king said to him, I have had a dream and no one can explain it. I have been told that you interpret dreams. Joseph answered, I cannot, your majesty, but God will give you a favorable interpretation. So I'm going to ask you some rhetorical questions, and I want you to answer them honestly. It's just you, between you and God, but really be honest with yourself. What is it that you long for or dream of? What is your true heartfelt desire? If there were absolutely no obstacles in obtaining this dream, what would it be? Now put that in the context of right here and now in this moment. Are you working toward obtaining this dream or desire? Or have you let go of the dream or laid it to rest? And if so, why? So I gave you an awful lot to think about in just a few seconds, and I asked you some very difficult questions that really cannot be simply answered. And over the past two years, 
we've been wrestling with a lot of questions we can't answer. These years have been incredibly hard. And all the plans that we had and were making, they basically came to a screeching halt. Everything seemed to change overnight. We had to learn to live day by day, put our plans on hold, and even lay some of those to rest. In a sense, we've been mourning and grieving for two years. Those desires that we once had in our heart may feel like it's a total impossibility now. Yet our faith tells us with God, all things are possible. But what about when it really does look like it or feel like it's impossible? What do we do with that? Well, our scriptures for today touched on part of the story of Joseph, and it's one I'm sure we all know very well. It has a fantastic ending that encourages us to know that we can trust and rest in knowing that God really does work out all things together for good. Today I want to talk about what Joseph had to let go of in order to be raised up to become the governor of Egypt. When we first see Joseph in the story, we see a young, immature boy, even maybe a bit of an arrogant boy. Clearly, he knows how to push his brother's buttons, and he enjoys being his father's favorite. His father, Jacob, is not very good at concealing his favoritism, and that just adds to the bad feelings that his brothers had towards him. In fact, that drove them to extreme jealousy, and they took very drastic measures because of it. They sold their brother into slavery, and in that moment that Joseph was sold, everything changed. The whole trajectory of Joseph's life changed. All of his hopes and dreams, they came to a screeching halt. What Joseph thought his life was going to look like was over. Let's fast forward a bit in his story. So after he's been in prison for some time, Joseph gets a glimmer of hope when he interprets dreams for the cupbearer and the chief baker. The cupbearer promises to remember Joseph before Pharaoh, but days turn into weeks, and weeks turn into months, and months turn into years, and Joseph is still in prison. And I would imagine at that point he's feeling pretty defeated, that maybe he's mourning too for all the things that could have been, but now seem like will never be. But here comes the exciting part of the story. Okay, I know that you're probably like, where's the exciting part? Joseph's stuck in prison. It looks hopeless. And you're right, it sure does look hopeless. But now we see Joseph come to a very critical point with his relationship with God. And you've probably experienced at this some point. Maybe you're even experiencing it right now. You may be wondering, how is God going to move in your circumstances and turn them around? You may be wondering, what's next? Where do I go from here? You may even be saying, I have done all that I can do. I have nothing left. Well, that's a really good place to be because the power of God bursts through in that place. And God comes in and things start to change. But sometimes to get to that point, though, we have to empty ourselves out. 
And sometimes we do it ourselves. But when we empty ourselves out, God can come in and fill us back up with things of himself. Because we do have to make room for God to come in and do a new thing through us. Sometimes that means we have to lay things down, let go of things, and even accept that we cannot change our circumstances in our own power. It may look like we're defeated. It may look like we have nothing, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. When we come to a place of humility, God can then start to entrust us to be the vessels he uses for his miracles. When we allow God to increase and ourselves to decrease, then God can entrust us with more and more responsibility because we are actively taking a role in guarding ourselves from becoming prideful or even becoming corrupt. And when we're in that posture of humility before the Lord, we can serve him no matter what circumstances we are walking through. That's what Joseph did. He didn't wait for his circumstances to change to serve God. He served God every chance he got, regardless of how that may or may not have affected his situation. But this is a mindset we have to be careful that we don't fall into. That if we believe that when our circumstances are just right or perfect, we will be able to effectively serve God. If we fall into that trap, we're just deceiving ourselves. And for some, that may look like, oh, when my kids grow up, I'll have more time to serve God. Or if my finances are better, then I'll have more resources to serve God. Or how about when I retire, I'll have way more freedom and time to serve God. But you know what? Our situations will never be perfect. There will always be something in our life that can distract us or pull us away from God. There'll always be a struggle for us to keep our focus on God. It's not hard to distract us. The world is full of many good things and bad things that do entice us. So if we wait for all the stars to align and everything to be just perfect, then we will never do what God has called us to do. Our obedience to God's call has nothing to do with the circumstances we're in. It has everything to do with our heart. When the cupbearer and the baker tell Joseph that they had dreams to be interpreted and no one could do it, we see where Joseph's heart is. Joseph says in Genesis 40, verse 8, God is the only one who gives the ability to interpret dreams. Now, Joseph could have said, I can interpret them, or he could have said nothing at all. Yet he chose to serve God and interpret their dreams. And by doing so, he bought, brought God glory, not himself. He refused to take credit for what God was doing. And we see that Joseph is not only walking in that state of humility, but he's showing God it is far more important to him that he be in right standing with the Lord than he look good in the eyes of man. And then this starts the door that opens for God to elevate Joseph to a position to be the vessel that God will use to save nations. When Pharaoh calls for Joseph to interpret his dream, again, we see where Joseph's heart is. Joseph says in Genesis 41:16 that he cannot interpret the dreams 
but God will interpret it. Now, if there was any time for Joseph to boast or brag about himself, this would have been it. Standing in the presence of Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the country who had the power and authority to determine his fate, that would have been the moment for Joseph to plead his case. Yet Joseph said absolutely nothing about himself. And Joseph's life changed in that one moment. See, he gave God all the credit. And then, and then, two very important words, and then God changed everything. And Pharaoh knew that God was, his favor was all over Joseph, that his wisdom within, was in him, that this was the time for Joseph. And he tells us that. Pharaoh says in Genesis 41, verses 38 through 42, he tells his people, we will never find a better man than Joseph, a man who has God's spirit in him. Then the king turns to Joseph and says, God has shown you all this. So it is obvious that you have greater wisdom and insight than anyone else. I will put you in charge of my country, and all my people will obey your orders. Your authority will only be second to mine. Now, Joseph, I appoint you governor over all of Egypt. And just like that, all of the hopes and dreams that Joseph ever had, God came in and breathed a new life into them. Everything that Joseph lost, God restored in that moment. Everything that was meant to destroy Joseph were the very things that had molded him and prepared him for that very moment that God was going to raise him up to not only save his family and his people, but the entire Egyptian nation. Letting go does not mean it's the end. Letting go is just the beginning. I've been focusing on this quote I read recently. The, the author is anonymous, but I think it puts it in a very good perspective about what it really looks like when God asks us to let go. It says, God will never leave you empty. He will replace everything you lost. If he asks you to put something down, it's because he wants you to pick up something greater. So then that got me thinking about, as I was preparing for this sermon, to look over my own life to see how God had fulfilled and answered the desires and prayers that I had. And I noticed three very important things that I want to share with you. The first thing was, is that almost always, when God fulfilled those desires and dreams, it never was the way I thought it was going to look. I mean, I'd love to stand here and tell you that when I was a child, I was following and serving the Lord, that I had this call on ministry from a young age, and I walked it perfectly right to where I am now. But that's not true at all. In fact, when I was a child, I longed to grow up and be a lawyer. And I had, go ahead, laugh, go ahead. <laughs> and I had good intentions and good in desires why I wanted to be that. But God had good intentions and desires for those same things, too. But it wasn't in the profession of being a lawyer. It was to walk in the call of ministry he had for me. 
And when I came to that place where I was able to let go of those desires only being able to be fulfilled by becoming a lawyer, and I let that go, and then I turned to hold on to the things that God was pushing me forward into, then his, his ways became my ways. And those same desires I had were fulfilled in abundance. The second thing that I saw was most of those desires and dreams I had were not things that I myself would have chosen for myself. When I look back at them, I'm like, that is crazy. God, do you really even know me? Because that's not something I can do. That's not something I ever would do. But again, when I came to the place to let go of those thoughts of, I can't do that, this is crazy, this isn't me, and then I held on to those desires that God had put in my heart, they started to blossom and I started to get excited about what this could mean. And then God's thoughts became my thoughts. And the third thing that I noticed was many of the times that those dreams and desires were filled came after a season, a difficult, challenging, painful season that required me not just to let go of those circumstances and walk away, but to be at peace with letting go and walking away. And when I let go of that and I held on again to what God was calling me to do step by step, as he fulfilled those dreams and desires, they were far greater filled in a way that I couldn't even envision or imagine in my own mind. See, it's not about God not wanting to fill those desires. It's not about God holding us back or making us wait. But it's about God does everything in perfection. And his perfection is far above what we would consider perfection for us. You know, James tells us that we should count it all joy to be walking through trials and, and difficulties. And that's crazy to us. Who counts it all joy when we have to go through hard times? But we can, because it's in those times where God refines us. It's in those times where God's power bursts through our lives and our circumstances. It's in that times where God's very best is going to be shown in us and through us. It's in those times that we will grow our trust and be able to lie down in a green pasture where we'll be able to come to a place where we lack nothing. And that's where we see Joseph at. He let go of everything and he just held on to God and allowed him to provide and take care of him. He trusted God even when his very own eyes saw absolutely no reason to trust God at all. He chose to trust God. He chose to let go and trust God. So what if these past two years of all the things that we had to let go of, what if it now gives us the opportunity to pick up something even greater? You know, it's a new year, a fresh start. Lots of us make resolutions that we don't usually keep. But what about if this year we did something different? What if we invited God to come into those desires and those dreams that we have? What if we ask him, Lord, Lord, what do you want to do with these? 
What if we just open ourselves up and see what he does? Just let go of the things he tells us to let go of so we can pick up the things he wants us to. No matter where we've been or where we're going to, God always had a plan for us. He tells us that for I alone know the plans I have for you. Not to bring you disaster, but to bring you prosperity and a future that you hoped for. And I love the Good News translation because it says the future that you hoped for. So what is the future that you hope for? You know, I imagine that Joseph, when he dreamed as a little boy, probably did not dream about growing up to becoming the governor of Egypt. He probably didn't dream that his brothers would sell him into slavery or that he would spend years in prison. And if we look over all the stories in the Bible of people that God called to do something great, every single one of them had to let go of something to be able to do that. Abraham let go of his home and his family, everything he knew. Moses had to let go of his past and face his fears. Daniel had to let go of his, his freedom. But they all had to come to a place where they could let go, and it never, ever looked perfect. They never knew where God was going with this. They never knew where he was going to move or what they would be doing. But they came to that place of peace where they could just let go and follow God. Joseph sat in prison for years. He had absolutely no idea if that moment when God was going to burst through and change everything was a year away, a month away, six months away, two days, a minute away. In fact, the very moments that Pharaoh called from him, Joseph had absolutely no idea that just in a few minutes, everything in his entire life was going to change. And we don't either. So what if we invite God into those places? What if we just lay it before him? Let go of everything. Say, Lord, have your way. Lead me where you want to go. Breathe new life into me. Breathe new life into all those dreams and desires you have for me. What if we can come to that place where we can let go of those things and grab on to God? We can't give up our hope because God is moving and working. He's not still. He's not silent. Even though our eyes may see that, he's still moving. If we lean not onto our own understanding and trust the Lord, he will direct our paths because we are the vessels that God is going to use to show his miracles. We're the vessels that are going to show God's glory and bring him glory. So don't give up hope, because you never know. You could just be moments away from God's very next best thing for you. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that we can rest in knowing, Lord, that you will turn all things for good according to your will to glorify you, Father. You know where we've been walking through these last few years, and you know what our struggles are. 
So Father, we just come before you and we invite you into those places, in all those hopes and those dreams and the ones that haven't been fulfilled and the ones we feel like never will. And we ask you, Lord, just to breathe your new life into them, that you make those dry bones come alive again. Help us, Lord, to let go of what we need to let go of, to grab onto you and to be those vessels that your miracles and glory will be seen. We just want to be your servants, Lord, and honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.